Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. And before we worship today, I really did feel that God just put a word on my heart to encourage you. And, um, and it's simply this, that our breakthroughs, our breakthroughs are on the other side of our desire to touch God, no matter what our issues might be. I, I pray that our desire will always be to touch God, no matter what issue you have. And isn't it true that we all have issues? Put your hand up if you have an issue or issues. Wonderful. Most of the hands are up. I think about 90% of the hands are up. And for the other 10% who didn't put their hand up, you have an issue with honesty. And so, because we all have issues. We've all got issues. I've got a stack of issues. There isn't enough time to talk about my issues. But it's not an issue with God, and that's the good news. We've all got issues, and God knows all about them. And I really do pray that no matter what your issue might be, that we would always have a desire to come to the house of God and to touch God in some way. Just like the woman who had an issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. Hey, little side note, Mark chapter 5, I didn't realize, but Mark chapter 5 is very much a theme for us here today at Gateway. But just like the woman in Mark chapter 5 who pressed and pushed through the crowd because she had an issue of blood, a flow. She'd been hemorrhaging for over 12 years. That's a long time. You know, to hemorrhage means to lose or expend large amounts of something valuable in a seemingly uncontrollable way. And I felt the Holy Spirit ask me to ask you, what are you losing out on? What are you giving away? Because to give away something, to lose something is to hemorrhage. And sometimes, you know, we don't realize that We've been giving something away just a little bit too easily. The Bible says, don't cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. And so this woman, she pressed through the crown. She had an issue, a flow of blood. She was weak in her natural self. But she said to herself, in spite of my issue for over 12 years, if I can just touch only the hem of Jesus garment I will be made whole and God wants you to know today that your issue your personal issue even the issues that no one else knows about he wants you to know that it's not an issue with him you see it's important for us to touch God and be touched by God so that we can be loved ourselves comforted healed valued so that we too can go into all the world and touch others with the same love and value with which God has also touched us. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I submit to you the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And everyone said, behind your mask, Amen. Yes, praise God. And so Father, thank You for this gathering today. Uh, Lord, I stand here in awe 
uh, not only of your presence, but in the presence of these, your people, both on site and online. I thank you for those who are tuning in uh, from Africa, from India, from the Philippines, from uh, 98.5 FM, The Light, and uh, different parts of uh, New South Wales and Victoria. And uh, Father, we just thank you for this time. And, uh, and I pray, dear God, that as we come around your word now, I just thank you that you'll give each one of us ears to hear and eyes to see and a courageous heart to believe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. It was Albert Einstein who said, try not to become a man of success, but rather a man of value. And of course, this includes women as well. Try not to become a person of success, but a person of value. One who adds value. I think that whenever we turn up into uh, some kind of uh, community environment, uh, whether it be one-on-one -on -one or, uh, to, uh, you know, or, or more, that we should never turn up to prove something, but we should always turn up to improve something. So that when people uh, leave our own presence, they walk away from either a conversation they've had with us or time uh, they've had with us, and they walk away better for having been in our presence. And I believe that ought to be the case because we have, number one, been in the presence of God. And that's why I felt, you know, before our worship time that the Holy Spirit put on my heart to remind you, to tell you that he doesn't have an issue with yours and my issues. In fact, he specializes, remember, he specializes in issues. And so we need to always come into the presence of God with the desire to touch God, to be touched by him so that we can go and touch others with the same love with which he has touched us. And Jesus taught us how to become a church of value, which is why I want us to look at one of our core values, core value number one today, which, uh, you know, a core value is the foundation, it's the, it's the central part, it's the, the motivation for everything that we do here at Gateway. And core value number one is love. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so you see, even Jesus is saying, hey, not only love God, but you've got to love yourself. You've got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and see your value. You know, I said once upon a time that you'll never have a conversation with anyone else more than with yourself. Okay, the majority of the conversations that you are having in life are with yourself. And uh, before I move on in my message today, uh, I just want to say that, you know, today is our Gateway Global Sunday. And so for the last three months, this is the third month, uh, where on the first Sunday of the month, it, we've made a Gateway Global Sunday where we just talk about what's happening around the world. And uh, so what I want to do, um, I just want to show you in a moment a short video from Pastor Naveen from Gateway Life Church in India from the villages of Vemnupalam and Padapalam village. Because of your giving, your financial giving, 
your giving has gone towards feeding families there in India. Um, to begin with, we thought to ourselves that we had the opportunity to feed 50 families, which make up Gateway Life Church there. As it turned out, right, uh, the story goes, and the testimony is that Pastor Naveen there in India, along with the team, ended up feeding 90 families for one week. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, I just want to give, uh, I want to give you a look just a, at a few photos. So let's go to the first photo there. And so here's just one of the purchases. They went and purchased a, look at those tomatoes. They are just good looking. And so we've got some tomatoes, we've got some cucumbers, and we've got potatoes and ginger. And uh, who likes, uh, what, what's, that, what's that down? What are they? Chilies, yes. Who likes chilies? I know, oh my gosh, too many hands here. I don't like anything that, I don't enjoy my food when I'm sweating and my nose is running, right? Like perpetually, I'm thinking, you know, I just can't, oh yeah, no, this is great, no, I'm loving it. Give me more, some more, you know, chili. No, I just, I, for me, but I know that some people love it. I know that Eddie loves it, our, my Pakistani brother over there. The whole production suite, do you really? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, I don't get it. But uh, it doesn't matter. I don't have to. Um, and so here's Pastor Naveen. And there our team at Gateway in India have prepared uh, food, you know, fruit and vegetable uh, packs for 90 families. Isn't that exciting? I'm so happy that we have the opportunity as the church here. We're just a local church in the Twin Cities of Orbiwodonga, and we have had the opportunity to influence 90 families. Each family are fed for one week, and I think that's absolutely tremendous. And I want to say thank you for your giving. You know, all of your tithes, a portion, a percentage of your tithe goes into missions, and a percentage also goes into our building fund. So just thank you for your giving. We're going to just check out right now a short video from Pastor Naveen, uh, as he just gives a, a word of thanks to the church. Thanks, team. Praise the Lord. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Jason and uh, Mr. Trina and the Gateway Life Church. We are so thankful to you for giving such a great opportunity to give all the vegetables to all the people, those who are needy and poor in this uh, COVID uh, critical condition. We are so thankful to you for a wonderful time. So really, we enjoyed it. We are so happy for this, for having all these things. And one more time, we would like to thank full to you, all the Gateway family members, as well as to you and to uh, Pastor Trina. We are so thankful. Thank you so much. And we would like to thank full to you. We would like to show our gratitude towards you by saying thank you to you. Thank you, Injabda. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand of thanks. Yeah. I'm so happy to be a part of what God is doing, okay? This is, this is what we're doing here. We're, we're partnering with God, okay? And I'm so thankful to be called, and I'm so thankful to be partnering uh, not only with God, but to be partnering with you and uh, for those who are online. And uh, so it's a beautiful thing, you know. Uh, our blessings are, are tied up in partnership, right? God understands the power of partnership. In the very beginning, he said during creation, let us, talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion over the things of the earth. We serve a God who desires to partner with us in spite of our issues. God understands the power of partnership. 
but so does the devil. The devil also understands the power of partnership. And that's why he has come to bring division, offenses. Jesus said, offenses will come. But Jesus also, uh, through the teachings of uh, the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, also teaches us how to overcome uh, offenses, division. Blessed are the merciful, he said, for they shall obtain mercy. I just want to remind us today by the leading of the Holy Spirit that our blessings, that our dreams are tied up in one another. You see, I need you and you need me. We need one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle uh, Paul said that it is God who is the one who arranges the members of the body, the local church, just as he willed. And so God has called people from all over the world. And he's brought them under the vision of this house, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And sometimes what the devil wants to do through offenses, through disappointment, through discouragement, is to isolate the dreamer. You see, we all have a dream. Every single person here has a dream. And we want to help you not only discover that dream, but equip, encourage, and empower you to cause that dream to become a reality. But you've got to be careful. You've got to be aware. Okay, let me talk to you as, as your shepherd because you've got to be aware because the Bible also says that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He wants to isolate you cause a division to uh, come between you and the local body of Christ because he understands that if he can isolate the dreamer, he can terminate the dream. If he can isolate the dreamer, he can terminate the dream. But God has called us to be a church that adds great value meaning that the people themselves are adding value. You have value to give. And I pray that as you walk from this place today, that you'll, have, uh, that you'll remember that today, Pastor Jason reminded me that I have value to add. I have value to give. And so before we can become a person who adds great value, we first of all need to be confident that we have, that we are first of all valuable and that we have great value to add. And you see right now, right now, the majority of people even sitting in this auditorium are defining their value based on social media. You're defining your value based on what others have said about you, what you are saying about yourself as an individual, as a son, as a daughter, as a wife, as a husband, as a parent, as a student, as a minister of the gospel. You're defining yourself by yourself. You're defining yourself by comparing yourself to others. And again, what others have said to you in the past. And it's probably actually about time that you start disempowering the things that people have said about you, even what you're saying about yourself, and start empowering the Word of God more in and over your life. You know, some of you, like, it's kind of like you've got this running picture going through your mind, and it's in high definition. 
It's in high definition. And, and a lot of those uh, movie scenes in your life, in your past, are in high definition uh, regarding that mistake that you made. And the reason why you're trapped, the reason why you're chained, the reason why you're shackled, um, you know, hooked on one mistake you made once upon a time is because of that vivid and that clear picture and that high definition of how you are defining yourself. Have you ever looked upon another person who was not a follower of Jesus? Perhaps uh, they're a family member, um, a friend, a, a neighbor, a work colleague, and you've thought to yourself, uh, they are just beyond redemption. Like, is there any hope for that person? They're just beyond reconciliation or transformation. Perhaps you've actually looked at yourself uh, in the mirror and had the same thoughts about yourself. Well, if that's you, then you're in good company today. You're in good company. If you thought that, gee, I think, you, again, you might have looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, gee, I think I'm beyond redemption. I'm beyond transformation. Is there any hope for the one in the mirror? Well, I've got good news for you today. And you're in good company because the Apostle Paul had these same thoughts about himself. Isn't that good news? Wow. That's good news. You know, we're all in that same boat to a lesser or greater degree. You know, somebody else might be a little bit, you know, deeper and steeper in addiction or sin or whatever. Again, it's no issue for God. Um, you know, but before God, sin is sin and we're all on a journey. You see, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, he said, For what am I doing? I don't even understand, he said. Ever thought like that? Not understanding yourself, the way that you think, the way that you feel? I've been there lots of times. He said, for what I will to do that I do not practice. Pastor Trina spoke about this recently. But what I hate to do, that I do. He goes on to be transparent and says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death, this body of destruction? And he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wow, wow, wow. I'm so thankful for that. Are you thankful for that? Why don't you give the Lord a hand of thanks if, if you're thankful for that? And so whether you're struggling to believe for someone else's salvation, transformation, or even your own, the story that I'm about to share with you is going to encourage you, especially as we see how much value Jesus places upon this one demon-filled, destructive, and mentally depraved and darkened soul. Like we're talking about someone who is in almost like literally in the pit of hell. And so we pick it up. It's Gateway Word of the Week, and it's Mark chapter 5. We're going to begin to read the whole story uh, from verse 1. And it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea. I think this is appropriate for our Gateway Global Sunday. We've got to go to the other side. It's even when Paulie and Otter and Eddie went out evangelizing yesterday in the cold, face masks, uh, social distancing, they went to the other side. And quite often, a mighty move of God begins. Let me tell you something. A mighty move of God begins by just getting up from where you are and going over to the other side. Sometimes you just need to get up and go to another side. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gar, uh, help me someone, 
that, that place there. And, and when he had come out of the boat, immediately, immediately, they were confronted. There met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who, get this, who had his dwelling among the tombs. That was his home. And it, it goes on to say that no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and he would break them. And the shackles would be broken into pieces by him. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? You see, even the demons know who Jesus is. I implore you, he said, by God, that you do not torment me, for my time has not yet come. He's referring to judgment day, being thrown into the lake of fire, and so on. But Jesus' response was, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And the demon answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now, by definition, Legion means like a minimum of 1,000. So there are at least 1,000 demons at least, because that's what a legion is. A minimum of 1,000, at least 1,000 demons in this man. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Again, that's interesting. It's another message. Now, a large herd of pigs were feeding near the mountain. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission then the unclean spirits went out of the man and entered the pigs, about 2,000, about 2,000 pigs. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea, and they drowned. So those who fed the pigs fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And all went out to see what it was that had happened. And then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. Praise God. And everyone was afraid. Then they began to plead with Jesus. This is where it gets a little bit sad. They began to plead with Jesus to leave them, to leave the region. You see, what this demon-possessed man needed was a move of God. He needed Jesus. Jesus turns up and says, come out of the man. He's totally free, clothed in his right mind, a powerful move of God, a powerful trophy of grace to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this place asks Jesus to now leave. And they were afraid. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might go with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how God has had compassion on you. And he departed and he began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all who heard marveled. Um, the place Decapolis, uh, again, by definition, means 10 cities. And so Jesus is saying, no, don't come with me now. Don't come with me now because what I've done in your life will be a powerful testimony if you go into those 10 cities and proclaim what God has done for you and so that the move of God, the revival might continue. 
In this story, today, I'm really feeling like God wants to remind you how valuable you are. You see, it would be fair to say that it would be fair to say that uh, no one here knows someone like this demon-possessed man. So God wants you to know that when it comes to the people that you're believing for, for salvation, right? For reconciliation, for transformation, God wants to remind you today that all things are possible with Him. To not give up, to continue to pray, to continue to believe, and to continue to go to the other side. Don't give up. Don't sit in your place and think, God, it's impossible. Not when you hear a story like this. You see, this is Gateway Global Sunday. And you see, Jesus commissioned us. A part of our call as a church is to go into all the world and to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we share that message, right? Like Paul and uh, Eddie went and did yesterday. They got up and they shared that message. But often we show what that message looks like. See, most of you have heard my testimony. You've heard me say in the past that I've had people ask me, like, when did you know that you were called into ministry? And the question puzzled me for so long. It's like, yeah, when did I, when did I like hear God say, you're going to be a pastor and go into the ministry? And it never happened. <laughs> I never had that call that I'm going to call you to be a pastor of a church along with your wife and to pioneer and, and to do whatever. I never heard that call. I just got on. I just wanted to give away what God gave to me. That's all I've ever done. And that happened the day I got saved, June 18, 1989. You see, I didn't really have a very high opinion of myself at all. I was a sinner. My sins were piled up to heaven. I was not proud of my past. I was very much ashamed. And I didn't place a lot of value on myself. But then... I heard the call of God saying to me, come. And I ignored the call for about a month until finally it's almost like an angel on either side of my seat grabbed me by the arm and, helped, and just lifted me up. And all of a sudden I found myself walking to the front, responding to an altar call. And so I came and I was very, very nervous, lacked a lot of confidence wasn't even sure if what I was doing was right mentally, but in my heart, for some reason, I felt drawn. And so I prayed, saying, God, forgive me of all my sins. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I believe that you rose from the dead. And the loving presence and power of the Holy Spirit came upon me. And it's just like I got the most massive hug. It's one of the reasons why I'm a hugger. All right. It could also be my European background, but... My dad hugged me a lot, but, but I am. like I'm a hugger, and I just felt the loving embrace of God, and I just melted in his arms, and I just went with it. And it touched my heart. It cleansed my heart. It purified my heart. I felt something of the fire of God touching me with his, with his love. And in that moment, I said, God, if you can place love and value on someone like me, then who am I not to now go and place the same love and value on all of humanity, no matter who they are? 
And that was the transforming point. And you see, we've got to get back, listen, we've got to get back to our first love. When Jesus wrote seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation, with one particular church, he lists all the great things that they are doing, all the things that they stand for and that they're not for. But he said, I have this one thing against you, and that is that you have left and forgotten your first love. You've forgotten why you're doing it. And you've got to remember why. <clears throat> you've got to remember God places value upon you. Until, until you love yourself, how can you really effectively love others with the love of God with which he has loved you with? And this is my message today. In this story, Jesus focuses on the one soul, not the 1,000 plus demons. In this story, Jesus does not focus on the price that 2,000 pigs are about to pay for this one soul. In this story, Jesus' sole focus was the eternal transformation of this one soul. He doesn't tune into the potential ridicule of the community because he already knows the hearts of that community. He already knew, but he wanted to give them another opportunity. But of course, we've already read that they asked him to leave. But his focus was not on the 1,000 opinions of others, but the compassion and the love that he had on that one soul. Yes, this man was fully possessed by the devil. But Jesus saw this man fully delivered, fully dedicated and devoted to our loving Father's service. Because you see, nothing is beyond transformation. One soul. And now I want to give people the opportunity to respond. If you just know that you need to come back to Jesus again, or perhaps you've never had the opportunity to pray the prayer that I've been talking about today, either on site or online, I want to give you that opportunity right now by praying this prayer after me. I'm going to pray, and then I'll get you to pray after me. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself this day and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I acknowledge that you are my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Cleanse my heart, cleanse my soul, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I thank you, Lord, for your love, for your grace and compassion in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you just lift up your hand real quick if you prayed that prayer for the first time. Wonderful. Wonderful. I know that people have prayed. Who else? What about to my right? God bless you. Yes? Is that you? God bless you, Billy. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, everyone. I thank you for coming out today. Thank you for uh, joining us online as well. Thanks, team. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.